What's going on, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host, Tony Mango, and my target to review for this edition is Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. As far as how the Review Point podcast goes, it's pretty simple. I try to do my best to break things down into positives and negatives, hereby referred to as hits and misses, because that goes with the gimmick. But before we get started, I want to warn everybody, there will be spoilers, so if you have not yet seen Rogue One and you don't want to know what happens, bookmark this, go watch the movie, and then come back. If you don't care, then continue to listen on, or maybe if this is the type of thing where you want to know what happens, and that way it can determine whether or not you do want to see the movie, then by all means, hopefully you enjoy. And we'd have no rhyme or rhythm of going through all the hits, all the misses, and one uh, thing after another, but... I want to start off with one that is both the biggest hit and the biggest miss in an overall sense. I'm going to do some more little specific things here and there, but I really liked the tone of this movie, but not the style. And that's going to be something that I have to argue back and forth here and there. So I want you to keep that all in mind, that when I'm talking about tone and style, it's a difference between whether or not I like the one thing or the other thing, because I think that there is some overlap, but at the same time, the functionality versus the intention is where a lot of this kind of a mix-up goes. Before I go even deeper, I want to say I liked the movie. I don't want anybody to take that as a means of me saying, these are the reasons why it sucks. Not the case. I like the movie. I don't love the movie, though. And I said that in my Minuteman review, that I might have to watch this a couple more times before I like it more. Although, with the Star Wars films, it tends to be that they all sort of stay baseline. If I liked parts of it, I tend to always like those parts, and I tend to dislike the parts I always disliked. For instance, I've never liked the Ewoks, and no matter how many times I watch Return of the Jedi, I always dislike the Ewoks. Same thing goes for the prequels. Always a big fan of the Darth Maul fight with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn. Never been a fan of Jar Jar Binks. I can watch that movie, Phantom Menace, a thousand times, probably never going to like Jar Jar Binks. So more than likely, my opinion's not going to change all that much about this, but who knows? Maybe it's the type of film that is better when you watch it multiple times, I don't know. So what I mean by I like the tone but not the style, we heard her going into the production for this that they legitimately wanted to make this a war film. They wanted to put the war in Star Wars. And they did that. And I think that that's one of the best things that they did for this movie because the darker tone helped make it feel like the stakes have been raised so much. For instance, I'm very glad that everybody died as that ups the stakes for the original films that now we know who died to get those plans into the hands of Princess Leia and then into the head, I guess you could say, of R2-D2. Now... When we watch A New Hope, we're going to have that in our minds, and we're going to go, oh, the sacrifices of a Captain, and- uh, Captain Andor and Jen Erso and Galen Erso and pretty much everybody for the most part. So I think that, that was one of the best things that they could have done for this movie because when Star Wars gets a little too kiddy, then it gets kind of ridiculous. In this movie, the humor was something that's a positive, which I have to go straight to K2SO for that one because he's pretty much the humor of the film. Big fan of K2SO. I've never been a big fan of C-3PO. I know that's going to be like heresy to some people, but K2SO to me is a much, much better character than 3PO in a certain extent. I mean, 3PO's the scaredy cat, so that's okay. You can't have everybody be the cool, witty, funny type of thing like K2SO is. 3PO 
serves a different purpose. So I understand why people would love 3PO, but he's annoying. And K2SO wasn't annoying to me. I actually liked K2SO a lot. A lot of people beforehand had said that he was the standout character. I'm pretty sure I would agree with that. Although I would make an argument for somebody else, but he's not a new character. So give or take, if that counts. Uh, with this, the whole style tone thing, though, as much as I like the fact that they did something different, I don't like when things are done for the sake of being different in general. Like, you might be the type of person who likes change because they just want something different. They want something fresh. And if that's the case, you probably will love this movie in ways that I didn't like it. Because this didn't feel enough like a Star Wars movie to me. It felt more like an offshoot, which it is. And I know that a lot of people are probably going to say that that's perfectly fine. But it bugs me a little bit because I go into Star Wars movies wanting Star Wars. I go into a James Bond movie wanting a James Bond movie. And that's what set me off about the Daniel Craig films was they always felt a little bit more like a Jason Bourne movie. Yeah, I don't want them to go into ruts where they're just repeating the same things all over again. But I want them to keep the same style when they're doing that. And when they shake things up, if it's for a benefit, then I'm totally down with it. And I think that in this case, not many things that were different for the sake of being different were better as well. For instance, I hate that they did not have the opening crawl. And I know that some people are going to be like, that's so petty. It doesn't matter. It's just text. But what bugs me about it is we had basically what the opening crawl could have been. Like, it wasn't a situation where they filmed some kind of a flashback that couldn't have turned into a crawl, or they wanted to have the opening shot be on land, and it's usually, you know, the space shot. This went from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away to a shot of a planet. And it was like, well, if you're going to do that, then why not have the, the Star Wars come up with Rogue One, say... Uh, it is a time of unrest. The Empire is amassing weapons of mass destruction and whatever. Galen Erso has been working with Orson Krennic and whatever, and give us basically what Catalyst was, the book, because I didn't read Catalyst. I've said this many, many times since The Force Awakens came out. They can't depend on people reading all the books to be able to fill in all that information. So I don't know anything about Lyra. I know what podcasts like Jedi Council from Collider have mentioned about Lyra, and that's it. Her character essentially is just Jin's mom who gets killed. That's all I know about her. So I would have appreciated a crawl, and they still could have done a flash forward. It could have been the crawl goes to the opening scene, and then Jin wakes up, because they did that whole back and forth with her waking up and having the flashback dreams, that could have just went straight to that. And they had little title cards at the bottom of the screen and it could have said 15 years later. That would have been a good way to do it. But they didn't do it on purpose. And I think that they did that because they wanted to, to tell people these are different movies and the visual flair of this movie was already different anyway. I didn't really like the cinematography. And I'm probably going to catch heat for this, but I said this in my trailer reactions and it ended up being the same thing here. I think that the ships looked fake. They reminded me of prequel-era graphics rather than what we saw in The Force Awakens. 
Kind of like how the airplanes and the jets and the helicarrier and everything in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show clearly don't have the budget for the normal MCU movies, and you can tell. That's what it felt like for me in this. It didn't seem like this was Star Wars on par with the seven other movies. I mean, of course, the visual effects are going to look better than what they looked like for the original trilogy, but that's because they can only fix so much stuff. But at the same time, you look at this compared to The Force Awakens, this looks like it was on a budget. And I didn't like that. I thought that the ships looked like they were models that were out of frame and they popped differently. Maybe it was the 3D, but I doubt it because it looked like that in the trailers for me. So that's something that bugged me. Uh, Going to go back onto the positive side of things here, though, because we just talked about some negatives and the offshoot style and the opening crawl that bugged me and that kind of stuff. But let's hop over to some positive things. Although this one could be a negative for some people. There is a term that has been thrown around for this movie beforehand, and I can agree with it. It's inside baseball. If you're unfamiliar with what that term is, it basically means this is to play up things for the experts. If you are a more avid Star Wars fan, you're going to appreciate some different things in this movie more than some other people would. In general, I think that's kind of the marketing that they're going for for this, because when you start advertising it as the backstory behind the beginning of the first movie and it takes place after the third movie, which was actually the sixth movie and not the follow-up from the seventh movie that just came out or the prequel in part to the eighth movie that that confuses the hell out of people. One of the people I saw it with, she was already confused about this whole thing and stuff. So the inside baseball thing applies to some different moments that everybody in the audience is going to go, oh my God, that's the thing. You know, oh, they mentioned Captain Antilles. Oh my God, C-3PO pops up and R2-D2 and... That's the guy that has the, the death sentence in 12 systems, that kind of stuff. And if you are not part of the people that could appreciate that, then that might be a little jarring. But at the same time, somebody like myself, who actually is into that kind of stuff, nowhere near as much as some other people out there, but good enough that I could pick up on those. I thought that that was really cool. I actually really appreciated those little things that they threw in there. I mentioned K2SO, so let's start getting into some of the characters here. Chirrut. The blind guy, played by Donnie Yen. Definitely one of my favorite characters. Big hit for him. Very cool, different side of the Force. He wasn't a Jedi, but he still had the Force powers to a certain extent. And I'd love to see a little bit more of a backstory behind him, which is actually kind of one of my negatives a little bit. I couldn't connect with some of the characters enough that I wanted to, because some of them felt like they had much more story to tell. And if we would have had another movie with them beforehand before they all bit the bullet in this one, that maybe I would have cared a little bit more. But I was sort of expecting them to all die, and I kind of wanted them to all die, too. Uh, one of my negatives is Saw Gerrera. I kind of think that this was a waste of Forrest Whitaker. Sort of like why I think that it was a waste of Mads Mikkelsen. Because I liked Galen Erso. I think that he would be a hit. And I'm a big, big fan that he created the exhaust port thing, which solves one of the problems with the original film. But I wanted more of him. And I wanted more of Saul Guerrero, but I kind of didn't, too. Like, I wanted him to die. His character seemed kind of stupid. I don't understand why he had all the mechanical stuff to him. And I don't understand the acting choice of being all, like, save the dream and, like, oh, I'm going to be fucking weird here. And I, I don't know if that was them writing the character that way or if it was Forrest Whitaker playing the character that way. 
I have not watched his episodes of The Clone Wars, so I don't know if he appears like that. Which, if he is, then he did a good job portraying it. And if he doesn't, then what the hell happened? Why did it go haywire? But I did not like Saw. I appreciate the fact that they took a character from The Clone Wars and brought him into the movies and gave him a send-off. But it just wasn't working for me. Uh, One of my... Big, big positives here. Uh, I liked Orson Krennic a lot. I wanted more of him too, though. Like, I want, I wanted Krennic to really, really just be an asshole a little bit more. Like, just a couple more scenes or something like that. I'm disappointed in Cassian Andor, Jin Erso, Baze Malbus, who I like his name more than I like the character himself, and Bodhi Rook to a certain extent. I would not give them misses, though. Like, I, I would probably give Saul Guerrero a, a miss, but the four that I just named, uh, Cassian, Jin, Baze, and Bodhi, I wouldn't give them a miss. I'd give them that ricochet, that middle point where it's kind of a hit, but not really, because I wanted more of them because I didn't get enough. Like, Jin was basically just generic war film hero to a certain extent. Cassian was basically generic captain in a war film. Bodhi was the tech guy and kind of a wimp. Baze was like the the tough guy, you know, the heavy. And that's it. Like, I I really didn't get to know their characters that much. Like, who is Baze? Was he involved in the Jedi in any capacity? Because clearly Chirrut was, and they're clearly friends. But was he just like a militia guy, like just a member of the Republic that was helping guard Jeddah? Or is there something more to that? Was there actually a romance between Chirrut and Baze? Because I kind of got that feel a little bit. So I want to know more about these characters, but I also don't want to read a goddamn book for it or have to read the comics for it. The movies are the most important thing. And I'm a little bit disappointed that I didn't get more of that. Let's go back to the positives, though. There's all the ricochets. I'm already done the ricochets here. Uh, Princess Leia popping up big fan of that. That was done really, really well. And I have to tie this into my, probably my favorite part of the movie, Tarkin. Tarkin is the shit. Guy Henry looked fucking perfect for it. They nailed that 100%. I could not have expected that to be that damn good. And I mean, Tarkin, baby. Like, you take a character that was awesome in one movie that he was in, and you upped him. He's much more cold and calculating, and I hate him more now for what he does, because he's just like, he even sells out Orson Krennic and stuff. Like, he, he was the fucking best part of this movie. I loved Tarkin, start to finish, everything about it. The CGI was fantastic. The accent was great. The characterization was great. I'm going to skip right to the biggest hits and biggest misses. Biggest hit was Targan, by far. Biggest miss, I would end up giving the overall style, that visual flair that I mentioned before. Uh, But let's backtrack again. I'm going to go back again to the hits because I have more hits to talk about here. Mon Mothma is a better character now after going through this movie, even though she really didn't do all that much. But she's more strengthened as being that head of the rebellion. I thought it was fantastic that they brought the actress back from episode three. Her name is completely escaping me right now. I want to say it's like Gwendolyn something or other. 
She did a fantastic job. She, this is one of the best things about the movie was everybody who was playing a character that was based off of a previous character. I did not feel like they were different. She felt like she was the exact same Mon Mothma. Uh, Jimmy Smith's playing Bail Organa. I mean, he was Bail Organa, but he was Bail Organa. The Princess Leia was pulled off. The, the Tarkin was pulled off. General Dodonna, I mean, that was like, I, I forgot that he was one of the characters from the original one. It was just like, it, that was fantastic. I am also, of course, a huge, huge, huge fan of Darth Vader. Mowing people down in this movie was one of the best parts about this. Him choking Krennic, just classic Vader of him just going like, you're fucking up, and it's pissing me off, and if you don't fix it, your ass is grass. But him at the end, slicing through everybody with no problem whatsoever, that's the Vader I wanted to see. It's not as crazy as I wanted to see it. I wanted to see him on the battlefield whooping everybody's ass, but at least we did get to see him just go straight on that warpath and you know he sees that ship the uh one that princess leia is on at the end uh, i'm drawing a blank on the actual name for it and uh leads right to the end of the uh, beginning of the episode four it works so much better now because now you know that he just went through all these different people and he's just like i know this is on your ship don't give me the bullshit with the whole diplomatic mission on Alderaan and all that other kind of crap. So I loved that. That was a great way to tie it in. Great way to end it off where it's just going to go right into that next movie. Kind of want to rewatch A New Hope right now, even though I just watched it the other day and I've seen it a million other times when I've watched the movie. Let's go to a couple other misses, though, that I have here. It was very slow in the second act. As good as that third act was, that second act dragged. And a lot of people have been saying that, and I agree. It just, it didn't feel like it quite kept the same pace. The music was utterly forgettable. I know Michael Giacchino was rushed, and I'm going to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt to not have had the time to really create anything memorable, but in any case, the ultimate end result is still a negative. There's nothing that I could hum out of this movie. Everything felt kind of like Star Wars Rebels, where it's like, you're trying to do John Williams, but you're you're sort of a knockoff of it, and it's just not quite the same. It's like uh, you're going to get a bowl of cereal, and it's going to be the name brand, and then you're going to get the store brand, and it tastes just a little bit off. That's what bugs me about that. Now, if you remember, I didn't really like the score for The Force Awakens either because there was only one song that stood out for me, and that was Ray's theme. But The Force Awakens still overall had a much better score than this one. This was my least favorite Star Wars score to date out of eight films. So that's a a big negative for that because Star Wars music is always really good. And I think that it's a miss that we didn't get a reference to the Star Wars Rebels crew. I know that the Phantom at least supposedly pops up. It could be a different ship of the same class. But I was really hoping for a name drop. Something like... We're on, we're in touch with Captain Syndulla. We're, you know, we we don't have a Jedi on our side or whatever like that. We all know what happened to Ezra Bridger. Something like that would have been really kind of cool. Or even if you want to go to the further extent, to actually see one of the characters, even if it was Chopper. I would have marked out for that. Marked out for the those who don't follow the wrestling side of things. It means, you know, you, you pop, you kind of, you cheer... You laugh, that kind of a thing. 
So I was disappointed that we didn't get a reference to the Star Wars Rebels characters, but who knows? Maybe they're not around at this time. Maybe they all die off too. I don't know. So the bottom line with this movie, I had heard from so many people online that this was the best Star Wars movie since Empire, and it isn't. At least in my mind, it isn't. I think it's far from Empire in a lot of different ways. I appreciate that they had that darker tone, but I think that they spent a little too much time trying to be different for the sake of being different, and I don't like that. I don't want the future offshoot movies to to keep that same mentality. They can't really not do that to to a certain extent, so I know that I'm going to be disappointed with that in the future, but I hope that while this was a test run, I hope that they figure out the kinks and they kind of work them out a little bit more. I want more Star Wars. I want better Star Wars music. I want more of that Star Wars magic and less of like the MCU where they go, let's take Captain America and do a spy thriller. It works perfectly for that franchise. And I love that Marvel does that, but I don't think it applies. It applies as much to Star Wars. Star Wars should be Star Wars through and through. And I loved the Tarkin stuff. I loved Leia showing up. So that makes me feel a lot more comfortable for the future because now they can actually manipulate whoever they need to manipulate. If we need to do a shot of young Luke, I have all the confidence in the world that they can pull it off. So overall, I do like the movie. I probably will see it again in theaters, although I'm not rushing to see it again in theaters like I did with The Force Awakens. So maybe I actually won't. I don't know. It's a little expensive to go to the movies a whole bunch of times, you know, plunk $20 every time to see a movie that I'm sure I'm just going to buy anyway, because I will buy this movie. And I did like it. I just didn't love it. I wanted to love it, and I didn't. Maybe in the future that'll change. I don't know. But... In any case, I do have to give it a thumbs up if I'm going to go for anything like that. And I recommend it to everybody to check out, especially if you're a big Star Wars fan. The more inside baseball stuff that you can apply to, the more you're going to like this movie. I'm sure there's a lot of people that appreciate some other things that I missed out on. And if you're also a part of the whole change is good, you're probably going to like it even more with that regard too. So I can't say many negatives about the movie other than the fact that I don't really like the style all that much. And I do think that the the second act drags a little bit and not knowing more about these characters is a little bit of a drag on its own. But overall, those are my opinions. That's my rundown for this review point. I want to thank you all for listening and I want to invite you to share your thoughts with me in the comments below. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like and anything in between. Tell me your overall score too, if this was a hit or a miss. If you can't tell, my overall thing is a hit. But be sure to stay tuned to the website and the YouTube channel for more Star Wars stuff coming your way. Just hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well so you can get notified of everything else that pops up on the website and the YouTube channel as I just mentioned. This has been Review Point episode 39, I believe. I don't know, I've kind of lost track of that. I'm Tony Mango and I am a fanboy. See you next time, everybody. May the Force be with you, always. (laughs) 